Um, tonight, I want to. I'm not going to get into the controversial portion of the scripture that I said I was going to because, because I'm going to do it. I am going to do it two weeks from now. But I felt like it was more fitting to dive into something that is more pertinent to the day that we're all celebrating soon, which is Thanksgiving. <laughs> cream. I didn't know cream was a. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so if you're with me, go to Luke chapter 17, I believe. I got to look at this. Yes, yeah, 17. Lukey, Lukey. I got a cookie. That's, that is uh, Seth right now. He went down there because he didn't get his cookie. I'm bet I put money on it right now that he's getting a cookie. Mm. Chapter 17. It is, we're going to start with verse 1. Versículo 1. Um, actually, actually, that ain't right. It's, chap, it's verse 15. Sorry. I know, right? Let's go to verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were, shout it out. They were lepers. Not leopards, but lepers. Did anybody ever think that when you were a kid? You were like, they were leopards? I didn't know what a leper was, and they didn't tell us. They just thought everybody knew. Luke chapter 17, and yep, I started in verse 11. I shifted, I shifted. I know, I know. I know, I know, I changed it. Versículo 11. I, I went to the wrong one. I'm sorry. Disculpame, lo siento. So, and he entered a certain village. <clears throat> there met him ten men who were lepers. That is like, kind of like, honest to God, have you ever seen Dawn of the Living Dead? Like, it would literally be like that. When you see 10 men start walking towards you and most of their flesh is eaten up and they're just like, hang, like limbs have probably fallen off, some of them. Like, there's, I mean, imagine, like it's eating, it's a bacteria that's eating away at their flesh. Today, leprosy is a little bit different. I want to, I'll, I'll explain something. One of the greatest dangers of leprosy is um, loss of vision. And it's not because it immaculate, not because of immaculate degeneration in your eyes, but because you stop feeling things. One of the things, it takes away your sensitivity to touch. So when an irritant enters into your eyes, you don't know it's there anymore. And it begins to rub away every time you blink. If there's something in your eyes, you don't know what's there, you begin to blink and it scratches your eyes and scratches your eyes and scratches your eyes until you don't know anymore. And it's the same thing with your skin. I mean, some people will say, well, that would be a wonderful blessing if I didn't feel pain. But the reality is pain actually is, is something that helps us uh, because it tells us that there's a problem. When JC went into uh, bring deliver, delivery and labor, they told us something really significant. It was really interesting. 
um, they, she wanted a, to administer the epidural. The epidural is the anesthesia so that a woman doesn't have as harsh a time during labor. And yes, yeah, it is. Come on, somebody. Praise God. But the nurse told me that they've got to wait to three centimeters. And I said, well, why do we have to wait till you're th three centimeter dilated? Now, the baby comes when you're 10 centimeter dilated. So 30% of the birthing process has already happened. It has to be like that. And I said, why? Because I'm not challenging them. I just have a curious, and I'm curious, and I want to know. Yeah, a curious mind. So they said that the brain, if you administer it too early, that the brain at a certain point will override your pain receptors and it will force you to feel the pain. It's not that, it's not that the anesthesia is not working, it's still very much in your body, but your brain somehow rewires and reprograms in such a fashion as to say, there is an issue, you're almost dead and you need to know it. That is, that is the, the reality of it. That as your, as your body, like, as your body experiences that much pain, it, it, it's like, hey, hey, there's a problem. I've got to tell the brain this. And the brain, even though you, you're physically, you, your nerves are dead into it, your brain will process pain. And it, it's pretty amazing. So um, what, I, I think that what's interesting is that the pain get, alerts us to issues in our life. And, and sometimes I believe that pain is the greatest teachers in our life, right? Yeah. Because... It forces us to grow. It forces us to um, reform or be transformed. Um, one of the most heated conversations or, or that I had with JC was something that she was exposing one of the weaknesses to me. And I needed to hear that. And it wasn't that she was being critical, but she was saying, you need to work on this. And believe me, she has to live with me, so I'm glad she talked to me about it. But it was still painful. But I would have never grown unless somebody had identified that in my life. And, and so in, in this, leprosy is an interesting thing because he can't, they can't experience pain. They don't know where the issues are. But yet they're ostracized. In this culture, in this time, lepers didn't live in the family. When, you're, when a family member, let's say Seth came to you, Elizabeth and Jen, and he told you that he contracted leprosy he is he is he's alive but he's dead to you he can't come to christmas he can't come to thanksgiving he's you might be able to, you might get a gift and, and throw it outside of the, the 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 house that he's been house locked into basically what do they call that when you when you're quarantined or house arrested house arrest you're under house arrest <laughs> you're sad isn't it sad but I mean, imagine, imagine the experience of somebody who is so re feeling rejected by their family because that's the custom. They don't, and you would have at that time you would have gladly left your family because you don't want them to get what you have. You don't want anybody that you love to experience that. But that would be so so horrendous. Why are you Why are you laughing right now? This is. <laughs> Come on, peanut butter. Listen to this. All right. Then, <laughs> then as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. 
And they lifted up their voices. Remember, this, this looks like the dawn of the dead. They're all walking towards Jesus. I mean, the, imagine it's your last resort. You've been to all of the, all of the doctors that could help you. And this was, this was worse than the equivalent of stage four cancer at this time. Because you're dying while you're still alive. I mean, what's that? Well, you can't, you can't feel some of it, depending on what strand of leprosy it is. But you, you, you notice that you, you can't use your arms anymore. You can't use your fingers. There, a, lot of, a lot of times the first things to go are your, your fingers. And you, you don't have any ability to help yourself. You, you're using the restroom. I mean, I want to make, I want to paint the picture of where these guys were in life. Because if you don't understand where they were and what they were experiencing, what they were going through, then this just seems like a cute story. But to these guys, it was everything. It was a last resort. It was Jesus heals me or nothing else is happening. And he entered a certain village. There met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourselves to the priests. So it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, isn't that something? Jesus didn't heal them immediately. He gave them a command, and as they were obedient to fulfill the command that God gave them, therein they received their salvation. But what you don't understand is it was against the law for them to show themselves to the priest. The only reason they would show themselves to the priest is if they were already healed. And then they would look at the spots that are on them, and if they had changed from yellow to white, that means that the body was healing and no longer was it infectious and decaying. And um, these guys, they took his word and they went. I mean, some of us, we would be like, um, isn't something supposed to happen first? Like, I'll go to the priest when I see something happen. But in our lives, cause and effect, it doesn't happen like that in faith. Faith isn't, faith isn't like that, where we, we get the answer and then we respond. No, we respond and then we get the answer to our request. That's how faith works. Is, is I don't see it yet, but I believe it. And when I operate in obedience, then I unlock heaven's blessing. That's why not only is it important, I encourage everyone to tithe, to give 10% of your income because it's a measure of your obedience unto God. And as we give 10%, I've seen God unlock incredible doorways. Now I'm not saying that that, that you're instantly, you get healed when you start tithing, but you do unlock the protection of God and you live under his unmerited favor and blessing. Grace, what happened a couple weeks ago in your life when the Lord asked you to do something, you were obedient. So, um, well, for very brief week happened on Sunday that wasn't normally mine. I mean, I use Father Sunday because I get to do every week. And he had asked me to sow like a certain amount, and I was just like, wow, guys, so that must just like more than what I need to tie. And at first, I was like, why the heck would I do this? I questioned it, and I was like, okay, I'll just do it. So I sewed it, and then that was right after. 
I'm just, I just want her to share that because it's a measure of God's faithfulness to us that's it's seen. I'm not suggesting that when you give in the offering that you get you get back. It's not it's not like an exchange program, okay, with God that as I give this, I get I get more back. I mean, sometimes that happens. I really do believe because God is faithful, but he provides for us based on our measure of obedience. Is is his measure of protection and provision. And and so giving is one way that he measures our obedience. Uh, and it unlocks God's, I guess, ability to intervene in our lives. I've seen God do that. Um, the Lord told me to give a certain gift not long ago when my Hyundai, my SUV had went down. They said it was irreparable. And so I, I had the... Um, I had the car, uh, what is that, uh, AAA come get the SUV, drop it off to the uh, lot, and I was going over to explain that I wanted to see if they would give me any money on the car so that I could get a new car. Well, I, I wasn't able to get over there right away. I forgot, and the next day I get a call and said, hey, we fixed your car, and it's ready for you to pick up. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I didn't tell them it was okay for them to fix my car. It's going to be like a mountain of money. So I get, o- I get over there. I get over there. Have you had that happen? Uh-huh. Well, I get over there, and they were like, everything was covered under the warranty. The entire repair, I didn't have, it was like, yeah, $1,100 worth of repair. And, they, and the, other, the other place, which was uh, Chassis Systems, right there off of Whipple, and uh, I think it's Dressler, they said, they told me it was irreparable. And I'm like, man, God, thank you. Yeah, it was like I got another year. I just recently I had a head gasket pop, but I had a year of driving, you know. So that, and cars they don't last forever. I mean, all of us understand that, right? I mean, we, they don't last forever. But that was a, it was a breakthrough for me because God told me to give it a time where I could have used that money that I gave to go, put into a down payment on another vehicle. But anyways, I just want to say that's one way. I actually know a guy I talked to this week. He started tithing. He thought, he, he thought that tithing was supposed to happen at the end of the year based on what you think you'll, you, you'll make or what you made that, uh, the, the next year. Well, he, he, he changed it over to the weekly amount that he got. He started keeping specific numbers in the books, gave exactly 10%. And his, um, the clientele that started visiting him tripled. He made triple. Now this individual makes... $2,000 on average every day. I mean, that, I'm, I'm saying that I really do believe that the blessing will come. And it's not like this guy was sitting around and he's like waiting for God to give him something. He was actively using his gifts. He, he, you know, he went to school. He got his license. He's doing what he's done. He set up a practice. And he's like, Lord, I need, I need business. And God started sending him business as he was faithful with what God had given him. And he developed it. That's what I'm talking about, is that God is God's faithful. In fact, when I've seen the end, when the end, because the end ties as well. When we give to other places around the world, we were down, last month we were down um, close to 10 rooms. And all of a sudden, people just started coming in out of nowhere. We filled eight rooms in a matter of, of no time, um, which is, that's unlikely. I mean, that's, that's, that's hard to do. There's a lot of places that aren't full. Uh, in the community, and Mila, you can attest, yeah, do you like it when it's not as full? 
Uh, that's good. All right. So my, my point is that as they were going, they got healed. Jesus said, go show yourselves to the priest. As of that point, nothing had happened. And it was, it, so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And what's it say there? And he was a Samaritan. So what's, what, why do you think, why do, what's the significance of, and he was a Samaritan. What, what do you think the, the significance of that? Does anybody understand the cultural significance of that? Yeah, the Samaritans were, were considered half-breeds. There, there was, what's that? Yeah, it was. It, it, and the Jews did not like the Samaritans. The Samaritans didn't keep the full, the full um, law, like she just mentioned. Um, but they were partially Jewish, but not completely Jewish. And so I know you've seen the movie like My Big Fat Greek Wedding and the, and the dad and the mom freak out because she doesn't marry a Greek. I mean, that was similar to how it would have been at that time. And the Jews didn't want anything to do with the Samaritans. That's why it was so significant when Jesus told the parable of the good Samaritan. That's why it was so incredible that it was a Samaritan that helped the Jew because Jews treated the Samaritans wrongfully. But yet it was a Samaritan that came and helped the Jew. So this is saying, hey, this guy's not even fully Jewish. And, and he was the one that remembered that. He was the only one that came back. And he's saying, what, what he was basically saying is, why do we think that the Samaritans are less than equal to us? When in reality, he's basically making the point that Luke is, as the writer, and the, and the word is that this guy was more spiritually mature than the rest of them because he gave thanks. And um, it's, really, it's really neat to me because when he saw that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. Giving thanks, and that word, we, again, is the word Eucharistia. Uh, it's actually Eucharisteo here. But we talked about this just briefly last time, that, that what was the fourth dynamic of prayer? Right? Which was what? Anybody remember? We talked about, what was the first one? Interceding is the third one. The supplications, number one. You're on, Margie. Thanksgiving. Is, that was it. That's the one. That's the fourth dynamic that's mentioned in First Timothy chapter 2. He talks about supplication, prayer, intercession, and... Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a form of communication with God. Like when we don't know what to pray, we can give thanks for what we have. And it's heartfelt too. So, so Jesus answered and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. So, um, it kind of, it's kind of funny. Um, I wonder what did the other guys did the other guys get healed all the way? Did they keep their healing like <laughs> the ones that weren't thankful? 
Did they get the Did they get the full benefit or not? I don't know. I mean, it doesn't say. I'm just kind of. I don't think he did. I I'm just saying that it, to him he said, "Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole." And um, Thanksgiving. I want to tell you some of the psychological benefits of Thanksgiving. There's been several studies done on this. Um, we have to mean it when we say thanks. It's not just a, a simple word, you know, I guess what I'm trying. My words are not coming to me tonight. I think I'm tired because of the baby. But uh, it's, not, it's not just lip service is what I'm trying to say. It's not just words. It's not just something we say because we say it. But it has meaning. It, it, there's a genuine sincerity in it. And it positions us to give attention to things that are positive positive in our life by shifting our attention to that which we find positive then suddenly we begin to see life from a different perspective and it's not even that our surroundings have changed it's simply that our perspective changed and the way we see things around us is different and that's that's extremely important in relationships whether you're dating whether you're married some point you can start to recognize, you know, you go from everything's wonderful and this is so great and um, people put their best foot forward to suddenly recognizing in a relationship, it can be in friendships too, any form of relationship that you're, you're int intimately acquainted with somebody, not sexually acquainted with somebody, but intimately acquainted with somebody, uh, that you begin to recognize they have weaknesses and strengths. And we can focus on weaknesses or we can focus on strengths. And I'll, I'll dive deeper into that in a moment. But psychologist Dr. Robert Emmons of the University of California and Dr. Michael McCullough of the University of Miami, they did a research and study on the physical, I guess, the reactions in the body to practicing gratitude. I want, I'll throw out some ideas. How do you think the body responds to gratitude? Before I explain the results of the study. Like, you mean like if you're receiving gratitude or you're... You're giving gratitude. There's probably a uh, release of like, dopamine or something in the brain. Absolutely. That's, there, there, is, there is a absolute connection to the release of dopamine in the brain. Yep. So they asked people to, to provide a daily journal, things that happened during the week for which they were grateful. A third of the group, there's like 900 in the study. So a third of 300 people, they wrote about what they were grateful for. I believe it was like 90 days. And then there was another group, another third, they were to write about daily irritations or displeasing events. Then the last third were asked to write down daily situations, simply a journal. They were given no emphasis on positive or negative events in their day. But they were asked to record how they felt physically at the end of the study. And this is what they found, that gratitude provided more positivity and optimism and that they were more physically active. The people that were grateful they had more energy. They, they, had, they had more spunk, more spark, more life. And they reported fewer visits to a doctor as a whole. The group that wrote a gratitude journal 
they actually connected it to less stress in your body, and I'll explain why. The research dis discovered that focusing on positivity and feelings makes us grateful in ways that can improve your sleep quality. You sleep better. So if you're having trouble sleeping, take a journal. In fact, everybody, I want everybody to start their own journal. And, and within that journal, I want you to every day write down three things that you were grateful for. In fact, get on your phone right now. Go to your notes. I want you to start writing the three things that happened today that you're grateful for. Everybody, go ahead. Get on. Go ahead. On your notes. No, today. Today. If it's a struggle, that means you have to work harder. That's what it is. There are some days where it's harder to find things that you're grateful for than others, but you will be able to find something. Three things that you're grateful for today, not this week. And they found this while you're writing, that it also reduced feelings of anxiety and depression. Anybody's been struggling with either one of those things, writing, doing what you're, making a practice of what you're doing right now, will do that. They, they actually decided that this group of people was better positioned in their mood. They, they uh, exhibited less fatigue and inflammation in their bodies. When they, when they examined the inflammation, that means it literally makes you healthier to be grateful. Even reducing the risk of heart failure. Heart failure. Can you imagine that? So their brain activity was measured also. They used something called a magnetic resonance imaging. So what is that? Anybody know? MRI. That's right. There's the nurse. <laughs> Everybody's like, I've never heard of it. Oh, MRI? Uh, so the subjects were induced to feel gratitude by receiving gifts in this study. It was a separate study. So they gave them a gift. And then their hope was that they would be able to exhibit signs of, of genuine, sincere gratitude. Their activity in their brain was increased in the interior angulate cortex, which is the uh, medical prefrontal cortex. And this, this is the part of the brain that's associated with moral and social cognition. So here's, something, here's what I want you to know from this. That is where you have a reward center, where you develop empathy, understanding for other people, and you possess value. It's connected with judgment, the prefrontal cortex. So they discovered through this, the conclusion was that gratitude supports a positive relationship and attitude toward others and a feeling of relief from stressors. Well, here's the thing. In your relationship, this is going to better your relationship because relationships, they don't improve if you're constantly focusing on the negative attributes of somebody that's around you, right? If I'm doing counseling with people that are having marital issues and I ask them, when's the last time you told your partner that you're grateful for them and told them something you're grateful for? It's usually a really, really long time. 
And I don't know about you, but I don't... What'd you say? What's up? No one share? <laughs> but when, well, I don't know about you, but if somebody constantly points out my flaws all the time, I generally don't have good feelings toward them. <laughs> Sudden, suddenly, I, I doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's like the prettiest person in the world. If all they do is tell me about my flaws, my weaknesses, what I'm doing wrong, if they never give me encouragement, I'm going to be like, you ain't pretty enough, okay? <laughs> right? So it affects interpersonal relationships. It's a common strain to a relationship when uh, one person is repeatedly negative and they give feedback of, of negativity by one or both partners instead of filling or offering gratitude. I want you now, since you wrote, everybody wrote down the three things they're grateful for today? All right. I want you now, underneath that, find one person that you want to reach out to before you leave this room and say thank you to. Somebody that impacted you today or earlier this week, you can do earlier this week, but I would prefer it today, that you are grateful for. And I want you to write something to them. And then I'm gonna have, I want you to text them before we leave. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do it. Yep, text them right now. Go ahead. Start working on it. <laughs> yeah. So this active. <laughs> that was funny. This activates your hypothalamus, which is located at the base of your brain. And that regulates your hormones responsible for many critical functions such as body temperature, emotional responsiveness, survival functions, even appetite and sleep. Your hypothalamus, this exercise in gratitude is right now causing your brain to release the proper hormones which are also neurochemically associated to the part of the brain affected by gratitude, releasing dopamine, which is the feel-good chemical, the pleasure chemical. That's what happens when you complete a task, when you, when you check something off your list or you... Feel successful. Your your question? You have a, I have a question was supposed to I was planning on talking about the most controversial scripture in the Bible, in my opinion. So he 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 moved it. He made he made it different. He made it different. Yeah, we will talk about that. It it is it's Oh, believe me, I, I'm actually, I'm glad because I don't think I, I, I needed some more material. I might have to spend a month on that. I, I might. I seriously might have to break it up. Um, but, what, 802? Okay. So, I want you to do three things this week. Keep a daily journal of things that you are grateful about, just like you did tonight. Number two. I can't read my writing. <laughs> make, it a, make it a point to tell people in your life what you appreciate about them on a daily basis. On a daily basis. 
Wait, what, what, what bases? What kind of bases? Yeah. Yes. Make a point to tell people. Yeah, the basis of your day. Make it a point to tell people in your life that you appreciate about them. All right? Number three, when you look in the mirror, give yourself a moment to think about quality that you like about yourself or something that you have recently accomplished. Mila, go ahead. What did you, what'd you tell Ellie? Oh. To tell people? <laughs> I, actually, I, I, I actually heard somebody over here say something. What did you say? You is smart. You is kind. You is special. <laughs> somebody over here said that. Uh, you is magnificent. I said, I tell myself in the mirror, you are straight up hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I do that, I do that in front of JC. She's like, well. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to interrupt your conversation, right? I, we don't, I ain't answering that. I ain't answering that. In adolescence, the feeling of gratitude will show inverse correlation with bullying, victimization, and suicidal risks. Did you know that? You start realizing your self-worth. You start realizing your value. Um, so positive influences of gratitude on your mental health and your emotional well-being as well. Is that amazing? God made us in such a way that if we're grateful, he said, come and do his presence with singing, enter his courts with thanksgiving. thanksgiving. <laughs> Hallelujah. Listen, guys, I had an energy drink before service. Liz, crack kills. Crack kills, Liz. <laughs> hey, hey, I love it. I love it. Hey, you know what? You know what that is? It's not just energy drink. It's dopamine because you just, you just were grateful for all these things. You're, you're getting dopamine releases. Hey, I don't know who that was, but you're welcome to stay. Um, we're going to pray. I want your attention really fast. Everybody quiet, really, really quiet. Who's got prayer request? Lil. You got this, girl. You got this. Thank you, Jesus. Marcus? I'm going to pray you have a terrible time and you don't want to move. <laughs> I'm, I'm just messing. I'm just messing, bro. I'm just messing. Amen. Amen. Unspoken. Austin. 
Can you say that a little louder? I'm sorry. Okay, you got it, man. I love it when I get permission to pray over over somebody because it gives me authority in a whole new measure when they give me permission to pray over them. Tosh. Oh, man. Uh, Jesus. So I was actually having a conversation about it with a friend of mine in the gym. And the gentleman kept looking over, and he kept looking over because we were speaking. And, like, the weirdest thing happened. So, like, he was like, hey, um, he goes, do you help people out? And I was like, yeah, like, with different things, you know. And he's like, like, it's like my son took his life. And he would open Mm. up the gym. Wow. It was crazy. I was like, how does that ironically happen? God, do it. God did it. Wisdom and for joy in his life. Okay. Seth. Brandon? Brandon? You and Brandon? No, no. What's her name? That you're getting married. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. <laughs> anybody, anybody else? Margie? Amen. Amen. Jen. Yeah. Actually, I want seven people that will fast one day uh, this next week. All right. Raise your hands if you'll do one day next week for Jen. All right. I want them different days, actually. So who's got, who's got uh, Thursday, tomorrow? I'll get tomorrow. I'll get tomorrow. Okay. Jen and I got tomorrow. Who's got uh, Friday? And Tabby, you got Friday. Who's got Saturday? Austin, you got Saturday. Who's got Sunday? Oh, man. Sunday? All right, you guys got Sunday. Who's got Monday? You, you, these three over here? Okay, who? Okay. You can do Tuesday? Okay. I don't want you to, if you're working, don't do it because it's, it's hard with work. Without, you do, all right, Tuesday. Well, Jen has been diagnosed with cystic fibrosis and it's been um, severely bad lately. In fact, she just got uh, $3,000 from Make-A-Wish um, to go shopping and um, there's been some blockage in her intestinal tract. The reason I'm sharing this is because she puts it on Facebook. Yeah, she put, so I, I, she's not private about those things. Um, and they uh, complicated one of the medicines that she has with a Benadryl. 
and so they had to you know, she got she had a reaction they had to take both away from her for and she was really miserable and they've been stingy with pain meds i mean we just need a we need a miracle we really need a miracle and so yeah mila Okay, all right. What was the other day that you said you were going to do before? Thursday? All right, I'm just trying to make sure we got all the days covered. I'm, I'm doing it with you tomorrow. Huh? Seth's got next Wednesday. I really appreciate it. I just, I, I believe God's going to do a, a work in her, but we just want to pray. Pray for our friends, Billy and Sarah. God's comfort and love would um, just carry this through, them through this holiday season too. We love them. Um, all right, let's pray. Fa- Father God, you've heard every request tonight, Lord. So if I forget one, Lord, you you heard it. Your Holy Spirit is in this room. You you know our petitions, and I thank you that together we have a prayer of agreement where one can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. And so, Father God, we lift up our prayers united in faith and in the promise of your scripture that by your stripes, Jen is healed. Thank you, Father God, that Lisa is healed. We thank you for the testimony already for a great report. We pray that you would increase that miraculous power in them. Father God, increase their health, the wealth of health in them. Lord, we pray for a release of your power and your your peace in Austin's mother. Pray that the Holy Spirit would be her guide and compass as she navigates through her purpose. Understanding, pray for Ted's unspoken request, Father, that you would meet every need, give him discernment, guidance, and wisdom. Father God, that you would bring the fulfillment of provision, protection. Uh, Father God, uh, for so many in this room tonight, I pray that you would make them ready for their spouse. Father God, that you would prepare them for their spouse as you would prepare their spouse for them. Father God, that, that you would um, give them vision, Father, for the future. Um, Lord, that, you, that they're, as they're in a season of preparation, give them strength and the patience to wait until the person of promise enters into their life. Father God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus um, for, for those that are, are looking for employment. Pray that you would give them favor on the employment that they're looking for tonight. I pray, Father God, for Marcus' trip to Georgia to keep him safe, send traveling angels to surround him and be with him. Father God, as, as he prepares to go, give him an enjoyable experience. We, uh, we pray, Father God, that, that he would know your perfect will and that you would open the doors that are to be open, close the doors that are to be shut. But, Lord, that, that, that you would do it. And if you shut those doors that no man could could open them, Father God, but as you open them, that no man could shut them. I pray for Taj's relationship with this individual who needs ministry, that you would send the joy of the Lord to him. Father God, we break the powers of demonic influences that seek to cloud his vision, his perspective with depression. Father, we pray that you would give him a new outlook. And Father, that you would heal his hurting heart, comfort his life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, give, give uh, Taz the wisdom to counsel him. And um, for every other thing that was mentioned, give uh, Lil um, strength of memory. Father, everything that she's been faithful to study, we pray that you would just submit it to her brain. 
that it would deposit itself into her long-term memory, that which will be useful for her as she's helping others and serving people within the profession that you've called her to. Lord, bless her with that. Give her peace as she goes and confidence in Jesus' name. We pray. Everybody say, did I miss, I missed something. I know I did. What did I miss? All right. I love you guys. Get a cookie on your way out. I'm grateful for you. Don't forget, Friendsgiving is next week. Tell everybody, the people we haven't seen in a while, let them know. Oh, Lord, bless Billy and Sarah in Jesus' name.